What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. Yeah. Welcome to J.Ill, a production of iHeartRadio. Yeah. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Welcome to J.Ilda Podcast. It is a pleasure to be here today with my sister friends, Aja Great and Danzla. That's me. That's right. And my homegirl, Laia St. Clair. What up, though? <laughs> you, saw, you see how I said that? It's very Philly, Jill. It's, it very, it's giving north. It's, it's giving north. It's slightly like country, too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like Philly and country mixed together because that's where I'm living at. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm in there too, but, you know, like, as soon as I get home, <laughs> as soon as I get home, you know, it's you be like, like hey, where y'all going at? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because everywhere you go, everywhere is no secret. We 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 beautiful brown people. We got a we got a whole dialect going on. Oh, listen, what up, Joe? Where an entire listen, way? Listen. An entire what up, way of what being. up, Joe? All right, on yeah. DC all day. Mm-hmm. All day, DC. Yeah, I used uh, to have Maryland. a cousin, a cousin who dated a guy from Cali, and he was like, "Why people from DC sing everything they say?" And we were like, "No, we don't." He was like, "Yes, y'all do." He said, no, "Y'all go, don't. how y'all doing? What you doing? What y'all doing? Where's it going? What's up? Where y'all going?" I just want to give a, a shout out to my girlfriend, Ashaki Coleman. She's <laughs> a whole. She's uh, she's a doctorate, uh, and she's. She's a whole principal at a at a at a school. And when I first heard her speak, she's from DC. And she was like, hey, yeah. I don't even know why. Y'all always going over there. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? But see, the funny thing is so that what DC people will do is not drop their accent for real. Yeah. yeah I've just yeah, been in Philly yeah. a long time. Don't get it twisted. Me too. Yeah, but right. as soon as I cross the city limits, it's a wrap. It comes it's back. A, it's an absolute wrap. 
Yeah. To our pleasure. To our pleasure. Mm-hmm. Look, we're, we're, we're going to get into a little perfection right now. My mm-hmm. mother says perfect. Oh, that's just perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My stepmother Listen. used to say crown for crayon. Oh, mm. crown. Mm. Crown. Mm. And that and makes orange. sense. And mm-hmm. orange. Orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. orange. My mother says stomach. Mm-hmm. We love yeah. her. Yes. And my my friend Scott Parker, his his mom says thumb it too. Mm-hmm. I figured they might be from the same place. My grandmama said, if it's two O's, it's a ut. No matter what, it's a always root. a ut. So it's a root. It's a it's book. A it's foot. a root. It's 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 what that's what it is. But what's a book? It's a root. A, root a book is a book. Is a book. Root is the only one that does that. I don't think there are any other words. I mean, I don't know if it's any other words with ooh that do she that. Said, I'm gonna so follow the, these rules. Is what exactly. the hell I'm gonna do. Listen, we are absolutely fascinating when it comes to how we speak and the mm-hmm. ways that we speak. And and it's true. There's there's music pretty much in everything. Um, mm. No matter where you come from, there's a song in in how we speak. Yeah. Yeah, Midwest. Yeah. Yes, yes, Amen. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Age of Great Dancer, we have somebody really special here. Would you be kind enough to introduce? I most certainly would like to introduce this person, this lovely being. Um, y'all know I be on the internet. This is this is if you've been listening, be you know, at, y'all. That's I be, be on the social be medias, right okay? And if one day I'm on the social medias, and this lovely person, uh, the Sun Show, uh, pops up on my uh, on my feed talking this good talk okay hmm. so before we get talking to him i just i'm gonna read a little bit about him so y'all understand so when y'all do your good googling because this is what we do <laughs> on this show we do a good get them the receipts child that's what they need exactly they need. so here we go i'm gonna read this i'm gonna let y'all know i'm reading because i'm not this good i'm i'm reading to make sure y'all get the info right all right son michelle has cultivated a strong following online which is true i'm one of his followers via social media with frequent viral content ranging from pop culture commentary allegorical anecdotes and entertainment to serious discussions advocacy and philanthropy via crowdfunding he uses this count content to promote intellect, ethics, enlightenment, and education, the latter of which led him in 2017 to becoming the first and only Gullah language instructor at Harvard University. In this role, he teaches a curriculum based on extensive research and his own personal Gullah Geechee knowledge and experience. So I'm going to stop there because y'all need to understand. I know some of y'all need this you know, mm-hmm. high, high level receipts. But like, I, need oh, you okay, to, I didn't okay. know until recently that this man taught at Harvard. All I know is that he speaks the absolute truth. And mm-hmm. so I would love to introduce the J.Dial family who is listening to Mr. Son Michelle. Come on, yeah. Michelle. I like Welcome that. To the show. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very glad to be here. I appreciate the energy, the vibe. I'm, I'm really happy that um, you know you, you found me through through, through the work. Um, yeah. it's, anytime I get love uh, from online is great because everybody everybody don't love you online. So come yeah. on, how yeah. can we not? Yeah. How can we not? Well, we do know you get a little bit of pushback from the whites. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to be really honest about that. I expect it, and and to some degree thrive on it. Like they haven't figured out how to deal with creators who don't mind um, as the, uh, the old saying, the smell of napalm in the morning, like I'm, I'm here for it. Mm. And so 
um, what they want you to do is, is to like back off and block them. and all, But that's not how the internet works. That's not how social media works. Engagement is engagement. So the algorithm doesn't know that you're, you're calling me out my name or whatever your problem is. All the algorithm knows is you keep coming to my videos, watching them and commenting. And so mm. they've ironically been boosting the very content that they're trying to stop me from making, but it's not working out that way. Would anybody want to stop your content, though? Am am I missing something? It's educational. You you know what it is? I just did a... um, I just did a lecture on campus um, last night, actually talking a, a little bit about this. Um, one of the first things that colonialists do, the first thing that imperialists will do um, when they take over a place or conquer a people is get rid of the language. Like you, you would have to ask yourself, like, what, what would be, what's so important about um, getting rid of the language? Like if you go to Hawaii and you get rid of their native language, everywhere you go, you try to strip the people of their language because there's power in language. There's power in, in, there's lineage in language, there's heritage in language. You can tell so much. Like you were just saying um, before we started recording, like you can tell from certain words, I can tell where you're from, what part of town you're from. If you say hello, maybe you're from Oakland. If you say mm-hmm. Nameen or depending on it, you know, word is born, like maybe you're from Northeast. You know, I can kind of tell basically where you are. And when you take away those things and replace it with the language of the oppressor, you will never, ever be able to articulate your humanity to its fullest extent in the language of your oppressor. And they know that. Mm. And so when someone pops up who's saying, hey, there's not only nothing wrong with the way that we speak and getting into our dialects and our creoles, but there's everything right about it and making ourselves more adjacent to the truth of who we are as opposed to what we were forced to be, they don't like it. Mm. But, but they got to deal with it because uh, to some degree, I, 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 and I know maybe it's a little masochist in me. I, I don't mind them being upset at all. It, it, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm, yeah, you always seem to giggle a little right before you do like a, a clap back. You always seem, you know, like at the beginning of the clap back from uh, where uh, I think it's Jada Kiss and he's like, <laughs> I don't want to sound mad. I feel wonderful. Like you're like that at the beginning of your clap back. It's like, I want to make sure y'all realize I'm not pissed. In fact, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. These they they will think about it. Somebody who's teaching language, like language. Why is the person who's teaching language and dialect getting death threats? It, what, mm. what is that about? Like, why why are you in comments? In in the comments, um, the one in the video that I just did because I got one hundred and fifty thousand past one hundred fifty thousand followers on YouTube, which thanks in part to them, you mm. helped to drive me to one hundred fifty thousand you know followers on YouTube. So congratulations, congratulate yourself, and played yourself. But they, at the same time, will say, I'm hunting you, and when I find you, I'm going to finish you. First of all, do you really want to find me? So if I'm anti-racism, anti-misogyny, pro-children, um, protecting children, building community, philanthropy, um, knowledge yourself in regards of language and culture, like, like stop me when you get to the part, when I get to the part that warrants you wanting to kill me. But here we are. And here we are. More Real Talk after the break. 
Insurance Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian trained, high-ranking officer in the Secret Service. An Assassin Comes to Town, a six-part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. It truly sounds like that corny saying knowledge is power. And if, if it sounds like people see that to be true and you're deeply powerful in the things that you're saying to people and empowering people, that's powerful. So but let me let you in on something, though. Do you know what some of the, the, the most volatile? OK, there, there are three most volatile topics that I'm mm. guaranteed to get um, hate from and from surprising sources. OK, um, one of the ones that I did recently. I never turn off the comments in my posts. Never do. I, I let them I let the engagement rack up and they can just do whatever they want to in the comments, like have at it. One of the ones that I did turn the comments off was a post. The literal title of the post is Lizzo is beautiful. That's the title of the post is Lizzo is beautiful. There were people who were stumbling over themselves to get into that post to say some of the most vile and ugly things about mm. big, beautiful black women. And they weren't all white. In fact, I would give it a 50-50 split between the racists and black men who came in there to say it wasn't enough they were singling out Lizzo. They then started attacking people in the comments. And see, I can't have that. Like, you, you can say what you want to about me, I'm here for. But when it gets to a point where someone responds and says, you know, hey, I really appreciate this, this perspective because I've been on the other side of you know, these types of critiques from black men. So it's just really reassuring to hear something positive or a change, you know, coming from a brother. You think that that would be, you know, pretty straightforward exchange. There's nothing there. There's nothing controversial mm-hmm. or even an argument. And then here swoops in some buzzing that got something to say about it and criticizes her. I want to know, what do you think about that? Like, where do you think that derives from? You know, that self-hatred in a way. I'm going to, I'm. there's, well, I'll put it to you this way. The reason that I, I cut straight to that, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be honest about why I cut straight to that. Because I, mm-hmm. cause I, I, I uh, the responsibility in regards to black men mm-hmm. and how we treat treat black women. Um, and, and I was not born of a Virgin Mary. Okay, so people will always, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'm from a, a, a different type of background. I'm, I'm, you know, some reason, some angle as to why I might think this way and, and, and it's just unrealistic. Nope, that's not the way it is. 
Okay, I I I started leaving home when I was a was a kid. It was considered at one point an at risk, you know, kid. Left home again when I was a teenager. Did all the things that teenagers do to to uh, survive and and get through uh, all of the mistakes. All of that. I did all of that. Been there, done that. And at the end of the day, I'm sitting here today, planning my return trip home to a family that's one member short because her boyfriend shot and killed her and himself mm-hmm. and left a seven month old child oh on a road God. that I grew up on, a dirt road that I grew up on and walked past every day, my blood. But that's not it. When I tell a friend of mine about it, he says, man, you're not gonna believe this. My boy was just telling me about his niece with a dude who shot her and left five kids behind. Ooh. So imagine, imagine that I'm telling my friend about something that grim, and he's like, "Right back at you, bro." My niece, my friend's niece too. They're not alone. Yeah. See, dudes think it's cute to say these little things online, um, these little incels or whatever they, whether they, you know, I don't, I don't do the whole well, you, you're not getting women, so you just because getting women ain't the standard of whether or not you can be a good person. So I don't even bother with that clapback. Whether you living in your mama's basement or not or whatever, I'm not getting into the into the classes part about how much money you got. That doesn't bother me. Okay? It's just about finding your center and me walking around all week long, going about the business of, you know, just doing what I have to do and trying to figure out how to formulate the words to give condolence for something like that. Yeah. Face to face. And but they think it's is they think it's cute. You think it's, it's, it's funny to make these little degrading remarks and I'm not even really sure what you, what you have, what you think you have to prove, but I've been there. So you're not going to tell me, well, black women did me this way, bro. Black women in my lifetime on earth have many times when I, ever since I was a little boy to a grown man, many times been on the receiving end of negative energy and abusive behavior with black women, given and receiving since I was a little boy. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to tell me that that gives you license to be a terrible human being. So, so no, I do not have sympathy for these people when they come to me to spill in my lap, mm-hmm. to, to, to externalize that venom, you know, in my face to make themselves feel better because there's another way. I know there's another way. And so when I'm trying to show you another way, and the only way, only way that you can find to feel better about yourself is to make someone else feel less than, well, see, we can't have that. Yeah. We, we can't have it. And so I, I take those lessons. I have gotten threats from, you know, brothers. I've gotten threats from racists. I've been called uh, names because I advocate for children. And whenever corporal punishment comes up, everybody loses their mind. I've heard it all. But you know what? It's a beautiful, beautiful task to take on. And I and I love it. And I hope that's in the minority of the, the feedback that you receive. I'm hoping. I know sometimes those voices can be the loudest. I even did a video about this. I hate to reference my own work, but I even did a video about the good cop. There are too many good cops who you didn't hit the person in the head with the baton. Maybe you didn't pull the trigger. But you didn't do anything when the other person was doing it. And even if you disagreed, you told the lie. You kept your mouth shut, kept up the blue wall of silence. There's lots of ways that people who are not directly complicit mm-hmm. contribute to the thing being perpetuated. And they feel like they are off the hook because they didn't 
do it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so there was a, recently a situation where um, I was in, in the parking lot coming out of the grocery store with a, of a place where I, I normally um, shop. And someone who works there was in the uh, parking lot just, just eating her lunch and um, on a break. And a guy comes and taps on the window. He's like, you know, pretty girl, like you shouldn't be eating alone, you know. And she's just like, oh, my God, like I just want to eat my lunch and, you know, not be bothered. She she's waves him off, not interested. He taps again, like, come on, now you're just trying to have some lunch and to be friendly, some friendly conversation or whatever. You know, when I say take you, have a real lunch. And, and, and she's like not interested. And so I rolled down my window. I'm over across from I rolled down. I said, hey, hey, I take that lunch. I like lunch. I take that lunch. And he was like, nah, 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 bro. Like, no, 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 no. Like, almost like that. Nah, nah, I don't roll like that. Like, no, but I thought you should just have a friendly conversation. I like friendly conversation and lunch. Let's do it. <laughs> nah, bro, not interested. And in that moment, he walks away. But, but she was not interested, too. But you felt like it was all good. But it's just friendly conversation. How come you can't have a friendly mm-hmm. conversation? We have not friendly. I like lunch. I do like lunch. And if he'd have said, yeah, we'd have gone to lunch. I mean, Dutch at the very least, but we we'd go on lunch. I love the fact that you bring up this point that, you know, when you're bringing up and calling out anti-blackness and at the same mm-hmm. time giving people tools and telling people, hey, I'm legitimizing all the black experience here mm-hmm. from the way that we speak to the way that we do things and specifically and particularly around protecting black women. And we all know that whole protect black women thing has been going pretty rampant throughout the internet in the last, you know, few years and that you're actually doing this, what it looks like to actually protect black women, but that the pushback that you tend to get or can get at times, and I won't speak to what tends to happen more or less, but that to see that you're getting certain kind of pushback and that's coming from black men is an important kind of thing to, to make note of. And, and, and when you talk about something like corporal punishment, where I'm sure plenty black mothers jumped into those, comments too and had lots to say about that as well so i think it's it's a cool thing for us to legitimize ourselves but to also pay attention to the ways in which we can kind of be our own um i don't want to say enemy but adversary you know what i'm saying so that's Mm -hmm. powerful that also applies to language because i know very many people my my normal accent sound like this when i talk Mm -hmm. this i i find a chat so this this is the way that my normal accent was when i talk into my family them that's what, that's what you sound like. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a whole bunch of people back home will say, oh, don't, how you, why you, how you going? Jill Scott podcast and sound geeky like that. Man, you got me too embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, they, yeah, we they, know. They, yeah, we know. Well, so I don't come out here speaking ghetto. Don't go out there talking yeah, ghetto yeah. or whatever. Right, right. Jill starts out the whole podcast speaking in a way that... Mm-hmm looks down upon in a lot of ways when we when we in a in a business meeting jill not gonna come in the business meeting like hey how y'all doing yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, 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 and, yeah. The, and the truth of the matter is that if she wanted to she should be able to mm-hmm. and that in that moment that that is a that is a legitimate pushback that's an, a legitimate um revolutionary act to own right. and to to use your chosen language no more than it would be if she walked into a room and decided to speak Spanish. It's a level of freedom. Right. <laughs> and see, that's that's the thing. That's you, like. When you when you've gone through um, 
all of it ties together. All of it ties together in regards of, of linguistic, you know, truthfulness. And there's, a, you know, there's even lingu- linguicism, which is, you know, essentially racism manifested by way of um, language. So people will profile your tone, they'll profile your accent, they'll profile, you know, the way that you use. But uh, my point to, to all of it was what we end up with is where you, um, you know, uh, uh, encapsulated it just now is what we end up when we're dealing with anti-whiteness and white supremacy and we start talking in terms of uh, pro ourselves like i approach it from a pro pro self perspective as opposed to just defining myself by um being against some other thing but what you end up with is the more you circle back around and deal with your stuff internally you start to root out some of the internalized anti and anti-blackness yeah you start to root out many of the things that People who had accents or have accents who've lost them because they were literally beaten at home to not use them because their family saw it as a liability, not an mm-hmm. asset. And so some of them were literally, you know, disciplined in order to clean up their addiction at home. And now when we sit around and we talk to them and everybody starts talking like this, they, they feel like they have imposter syndrome because they've lost their accent. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a sad thing to see someone that you know is just as gullible to you as you, but they feel fake when they use the accent we grew up using. Mm. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian trained, high-ranking officer in the Secret Service. An Assassin Comes to Town, a six-part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. Before we even get into this, because on some let's act on like on some real dummy stuff, not calling people dummies, but like a lot of people don't even understand the importance or what Geechee and Gullah means to language right. and to culture. So um, can you kind of break that down in a way that folks understand? Probably the most easier uh, form of, of making it make sense is if uh, people think in terms of languages and dialects, like, say, for example, English itself is a language that is originally a Germanic language, okay? But the English vocabulary is like one-third French there's, there's, and, and Latin. And there are other languages, uh, the, what's left of the Germanic languages are like maybe 27% of the original voc- vocabulary from the Germanic language. And so, but yet it's still able to maintain its status as a, as a Germanic language because of the basic grammar and the structure 
um, things like that. That's, that's why it's able to maintain its identity as a Germanic language. Now, Black African-Americans did not choose to forfeit our native languages. That obviously wasn't a choice Word. that we made. Word. And we did not learn English in a classroom. No, no, and none of our ancestors had Rosetta Stone, no, no instructors or anything like that. We learned um, English by adopting to the language, the culture, the everything that was needed to survive. Okay. So in doing that, we were picking up language from people who were not themselves, you know, scholars. We were talking about the lower rung mm-hmm. European, Scots, Irish. And so time, and, and remember that detail, the lower rung sort of indentured Scots, Irish people. Okay. Cause that's going to be very important in about, in about two minutes. And so we're taking into consideration the circumstances of how we're learning the language and why we're learning the language. And also that all of us didn't speak the same original languages. So mm. you, we're learning not only how to speak with the other, uh, the oppressors, we're also learning to speak to one another. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we, that's almost never talked about. Yes, is that sir. We are learning not only to speak to the oppressor, but we also have to learn to speak to one another in a language that is neither one of us. And so to be able to, for our ancestors, to be able to do that, to be able to learn a new language under duress, learn a language to speak with one another under duress, maintain enough of our Africanness, and I use that as a broad term, um, Africanness in loan words and structure in the language to today still maintain many of the more African basic structure and how we modify verbs, verb tense um, in a sentence. Um, like say, for example, we've all heard somebody say, well, I'm going to tell you what, or I'm going to go to the store, or I'm going to be there in a minute. And the uh before the verb is very consistent because that denotes the present it takes the place of the suffix ing that denotes that there's a present action or near future action that is in progress i am going to the store i'm gonna go to the store you're doing that right now now if i'm going to the store much later i would probably say i could go to the store i could go to now that gut is your future i to go to the store is i do as and i frequently go that's your continuous okay i go to the store is add as in past that go never had to change in any of those sentences because the verb stays in its base infinitive form. That is consistent. Those are rules that happen consistently throughout the language. And so when you start looking at where else do these, these rules and these things happen and you look into our mother tongues, then you start to find them. You start to find words like huna. It's also pronounced as uno or unu in different parts of the diaspora. That same word una exists. Baba for father exists in different parts of the diaspora. You know, these, these consistencies happen throughout the diaspora. And yet, even though we're maintaining very much of the African sort of fundamentals of the language, we're still relegated to it being a dialect of English and stripped of the African identity and made it seem as though it's just basically a broken version of an English thing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, these same people are picking up language from us. They're picking up words from us. Guba is the Gullah Geechee word for peanut. Georgia is the Guber state, G-O-O-B-E-R. But ours is G-U-B-A. 
we do not use the hard ER in more words than one. We don't use the hard ER because, <laughs> because our language is non-rhotic. And non-rhotic is essentially when you drop the hard R for more of an A-like sound. So gooba and goober are the same thing, word for peanut. Georgia is a peanut state. Georgia is also a, a state that is in um, the bordering the Gullah Geechee um, Cultural Heritage Corridor. So to make it seem like it's a coincidence that the language seems to follow us wherever we are, and these people end up speaking um, our language and using phrases that we use, it's only ever credited in one direction. Mm. They, they literally believe mm-hmm. that we learn language from one another, but it was only Africans learning language from mm-hmm. English and not English learning any language from African. But mm. how does that stand to reason? No. You Doesn't. see what I'm saying? It's still everything else but the language. I doubt it. Well, getting to the Scots yeah. Irish, like there are things now, like the word axe, that is known as something that people look down on for black people. If we say, and let me ask you a question, you know, an axe. Okay, well, mm-hmm. there's a couple things about that. You also will find axe in Europe. You'll find axe in Ireland. You'll still find axe in different parts of um, Scotland. You'll find axe in Chaucer and Shakespeare and going back to the Greek word axion and oskian. Those two words, oskian and axion, are literally the same thing, same words, and it means essentially to request. And mm. that is abbreviated from axion to ax. And so when people correct ax with ask, not only is that to a certain degree incorrect, but it also is ironic in a sense that that word is not even the original word that you were trying to say. The word that you're trying to say isn't even the original word for that. And so we, but I'll tell you how it happened. How it happened is the word ask was more widely publicized in print, particularly in the Bible. And at the time, only people of status could either read or own books. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the word that was more widely spread out or widely distributed was in books. And so people who did read and people who did have status and people who did have education, they read ASK. And so when they repeated that word, they said A-S-K. The people who did not have those things were still saying A-K-S. And so then they're like, hmm, I happen to notice broke people saying A-K-S. And, <laughs> and so the, the social correlation between lack of money, lack of education, lack of status, and also associating those things with black people turned into who was at the lowest rung of society, who was the brokest, who was the least educated, who mm. was the one that, you know, that were the poorest in all of those aspects that lack status, black people. And so we basically got acts pinned on us, even though we got it from Europeans mm. and who still use it today. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Wait a minute. This is the point. This I got to stop you because this is the point where we all get up and run around the, the room. <laughs> this is the part where we get up and we run. We yeah. run to a corner and we shout for a few minutes. We run. I get sad a little bit, though, too, though, because you know what, though, son? I get sad. I was just saying to Asia and Jill, I was like, a class like yours, knowledge like this should be fundamental in every school that has a every black or brown. Every school, not school. even black or brown, because I feel like the immigrants and, and everybody else who comes here don't understand this, don't get, like, you need to get all of this. Like this right, is the country right. that this is the country that you live in. And I'm just sad because I'm like, man, if people had this information, the empowerment that you would feel like the 
you wouldn't question yourself so more. Let's also talk about how we wield the grammar police, how the grammar police wields this power on that we, we don't do know no better. Another. Yeah, we do this to one another. We you don't know, know no better. But 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 there's something about it, even not knowing the details, that feels wrong. There's something mm. about it, because even if, right. we can even pull up respectability of all types. Like you will see on the socials, don't you remember a time when we used to do this and we used to do that? And these were times when it was acceptable to jack up little black kids and make them wear certain right. clothes and make them say certain words and make them act a certain way when they are in the presence of white folk. But we didn't, they don't know that they don't know, they don't know. Right. There was training for that. You yeah, remember? Right. You know, there was right. training for yeah. any artist. You had to go through media training yeah. to learn right. how to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there was a certain uh, etiquette that you had to carry. You know, thinking back to like the Supremes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. What we're seeing today is right. uh, is far different from what you know they were portraying. Now mm-hmm. in the right. house, they were a whole other people. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't, yeah. you know, I can't say I don't blame them for it. Though. I'm assuming, you know, like when we think of artists like Whitney Houston, you know, holding yourself in, yeah. you know, for so long, right. yeah, tends the the bow tends to break. <laughs> You right. feel me? Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we're looking. We're looking at a lot of evidence of what happens when you have to consistently suppress the self mm. in language, in in behavior, in in and everything. When you talked about how there's a borrowing from us that right. happens, and then it immediately becomes like American culture. Well, you know, you know, we don't get credit. Like, we just don't get credit. Right. Tank said once, the singer Tank said how, he was talking about how if he's saying, um, stay, mm-hmm. if, he, if he's saying the same song that would be considered gospel and relegated to a specific type of uh, genre, time or day, it would just be seen differently. And, but if a, a non-black singer, if a white singer sings it, then it's spiritual. It's a different kind of vibe. Like they get to experiment with it in a way that sometimes, and I don't know if this is true, and you certainly would be in a more um, informed perspective to, to, to speak on it. Um, but sometimes it seems like with black artists, black intellectuals, black public figures, we have to manage our blackness. Like it's, it's not even just like walk out the door and just be black. Oh, Jill didn't have to. Mm. Mm. We have to figure out how black in each situation do we really want to be. And I'm just wondering, like, I, I just don't see that being an issue for our white counterparts. I don't see it being something that they have to say, like, how white can I be right now? Unless you're racist and that's a whole different conversation. But, you know, being well, a, they are well, doing the, the whole how black can I be? You know, was it called black fishing or something like oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, a, oh, there's yeah. quite yeah. a lot of that. But, you oh, know, yeah. there's um, like Nat King Cole. You know, he was considered quite eloquent. Maya Angelou was considered quite eloquent. Um, Felicia Rashad is considered quite eloquent. There was something for me um, about uh, specifically, I loved the the diction. Diction was exciting right. to me. I, I wanted right. that for myself. When I read James Baldwin, 
he was very eloquent and, and very mm-hmm. thoughtful, but also exceptionally black ass. Oh, you yeah. know, which was oh, yeah. was incredible. But then you have Zora Neale Hurston and you've got Toni Morrison and Jay California Cooper who could who could sit themselves in the belly of a community and sound like the people. And when you read it, you heard, you heard, you could smell and taste, you know, um, the community. Is is there something wrong with with people who enjoy diction? You know, mm. it's funny you should ask that because two things tied together, something that you just said, and also a minute ago when we were talking about the why is in the course in more schools. Mm. Ironically, Maya Angelou, along with Jesse Jackson and a few of the community leaders, when there was an initiative in the 1980s to have what they oh, then not called the 80s. Ebonics. Yep, but they then called Ebonics, but having black speech and black English integrated into the curriculum in order to help black children uh, better understand other subjects, but mostly English, like using it as a bridge. And it was the community who not only shut it down, but demonized it to the point where people became embarrassed and ashamed of just the term Ebonics. Well, they needed better PR, son. The PR on Ebonics was, it was, it was, it wasn't like, it wasn't like your linguist is cl- it wasn't like this is the history of it. that's likely because and and this is just the facts yeah. that in certain certain spaces the fact that son is a teacher as an instructor at Harvard the fact that he's associated with a PWI and this is something he's teaching in that space will legitimize it in ways that it wouldn't have been legitimized before you're people, saying that you don't think people like that were involved in ebonics Many of the issues with the Ebonics controversy was most of the criticism wasn't coming from linguists. It was more activists. Right. People who weren't really on. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't a, a thing there, cohesive, um, you know, coming together of people sitting down. Well, I mean, again, you know, Jesse Jackson called it trash. He said that the, like, black speech is trash. He literally used the term trash for the way that we speak. And these are the people who are seen as mostly of the, the articulate people. They absolutely associated black speech with, um, you know, being with negativity. There was a Sesame Street character that they mm-hmm. tried to integrate Sesame mm-hmm. Street and integrate some of black speech in it. And again, we got it shut down. And this has happened multiple times where the respectable folk in our community shut down efforts to incorporate our manner of speech as an outreach for children in schools. And so people would ask me, sometimes not so, you know, uh, in, a, as, in a gotcha type of way, they would say, well, why are you at Harvard and not insert black mm-hmm. university here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Harvard called me. Right. I'm just going to say I, I had the privilege of, of of teaching one class at Harvard and I felt like I was at the Hogwarts of, of education. You're supposed to. That's what they pay you pay for. I was like, they were but brilliant. They, you, could, you, could, you would feel like that at Spelman too. Nice. Well, I mean, and the thing is, I, I, I rolled out the invitation. I said that while I am teaching at Harvard, I would be more than happy to workshop, to parlay, to, to you know, if, if you're at a school and some people took me taking me up on it. I mean, if, if you want me to give you any kind of insights on teaching the language, any, anything, holler at me. So have no wait, no, 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 wait, no, 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 son. Nobody, no school or institution mm-hmm. has reached out to you. Right mm-hmm. now, we're gonna call it out. Morehouse, oh, Howard, Spelman, it's where y'all at? North Carolina, A and T, Florida, A and M, and school. Where y'all at? 
and not just college colleges, but school systems. I'm like the school system in where where the fuck is Harvard? Wherever that at? Oh no 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 no. It, it, here's here's the surprisingly, Harvard has a program called Project Teach. In that program, there's an outreach for Cambridge area schools. Okay. And so what I would end up teaching, say seventh seventh graders, um, in Cambridge area schools, and that would be. Um, school for students um, who speak English as a second language, um, students from public schools. So I do that in Cambridge, <clears throat> in Cambridge. Uh-huh. I see. And so speaking, collaborating with other programs. Oh, I have worked with other schools. Princeton. Listen, come on, come on. I'm about to get mad. I'm getting mad. <laughs> More conversation after the break. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian trained, high-ranking officer in the Secret Service. An Assassin Comes to Town, a six-part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. Can I ask a question? Here's I have yeah, a question. Absolutely. I have a question. Mm-hmm. All right. What? So one on the good people's social medias, you know, a lot of times <sighs> we have situations where uh, and I've seen this on Twitter where, where black folks getting upset sometimes with us explaining how to interpret certain black expressions or mm-hmm. or uh, or ways of saying things feeling as if we're giving away these trade secrets, this moment where we where we can kind of secretly talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about the gatekeeping of our language? I, I want you to imagine this. OK, um, one of the most common influences that people point to as an exceptional sort of thing that can help you improve as a singer is like having a church background. That's what we in our community is always having a church background. Mm. OK. Jill, when you're doing your concerts, do you count how many white people are in the audience possibly learning the runs that you're singing? I don't know. No, hmm. Yeah. When, when you're singing your vocals, yeah, they're, they're listening to you sing your vocals. They're listening to the bass players play bass. They're listening to the drummers play the drums. They're listening to the teachers teach. Yeah. It, 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 they're, they're there in they're omnipresent. We live in a white power structure and they're just going to be white people everywhere and watching and observing. And you have to figure out how do I give my gift or share this gift with my community to the broadest 
in the broadest manner possible and not expose it to anyone else when the, 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 the most expansive way for me to do that is in person, in public, on the internet. There's just no way to get around that. And, and as of now, if you look at who's going viral in these social media posts, when you just know when the drum major Okay, goes viral for doing doing the dance that all black every black drum drum major and their mama know how to do. They're white. You know when somebody covers, there'll be people who will cover a black artist's song, and the cover does better than the original mm. because a white person covered it. There are more, it used to be unique to be like the blue-eyed soul singer. Like that used to be like a thing, um, you know, uh, that people thought was unique. <laughs> but now how many people can you count now that are not black, whether be they Korean or white or some other, who can do um, these runs, uh, who, can, who can who hold these notes? Because they're watching us perform our craft. They're watching, learning, playing it, replay, play, replay, play, replay, and practicing in the mirror, being us when they grow up. And so mm. there's no way that we can really circumvent them completely from the process. But what I do try to add is you can't really fake culture. Like you can't really, you need cultural context for a thing to make sense. And I'll give you an example. Right now, um, a term that is a trendy sort of so-called internet um, slang term is cap. If somebody said, oh, that's cap, no cap, it's cap. Okay. The term cap, has been first of all being used since the turn of the last century in the black community as hi hat. So if somebody has, if you're wearing a top hat or a hi hat and you tip your hi hat, that's for sophisticated people. That's mm -hmm. for the people who are, uh, you know, well healed. So if someone who wasn't from that background thought that you were being pretentious or thought that you were, you know, fronting, they'd be like, look at this dude with hi hat. This old hi hat Negro here, like, you know, you know, he'd be trying to hi hat. Mm -hmm. And so from high hat, it became high cap. And from high cap, it was abbreviated to cap. And so these, these people are now saying that something is a general term and in, in general internet speak, like it belongs to everyone. That's actually been in our family since uh, mama's mama was saying. And same thing, if I say, um, like, if we, if we saw something that looked good or we wanted to compliment something, um, if I see your, your sneakers and something, I was like, man, them sneakers hard, bro. Them sneakers hard. They were saying that back in Cab Calloway's days. Like, even in Cab Calloway's book yeah. of isms in his dictionary, hard is used in Cab Calloway's days the same manner. Now, the, these are our grandmothers, great grandmothers times using words that have been in our community. We've been saying Kiki. We've yeah. been saying it. We've been saying hip. We've been saying dig. We've been using cat. Um, bro, even oh God, they whiten the hell out of bro. I was like, bro, it's not. Yeah. We, our words have been so uh, immersed into popular language that it ain't mm. even slang no more. Like no. people don't even look at it as, as slang. No, no, no. It's so normalized. So it puts us in a precarious you know, situation because they don't hear this conversation right now. When this gets published, oh, we be trying to figure it out. But you're so right. We try. It's no safe space. Yeah, it's, every every everyone everybody going here as they should. Right, and, and I have just one of my videos has 11 million views, and you have to ask yourself, wait a minute, if just one video gets 11 million views, and that doesn't include like all the other videos, what would you do if you could tell 11 million people something? 
Like if, if there was a thing that you could say and 11 million people were guaranteed to hear, what would it be? But people don't know what's going to go viral in advance. So to me, I try to, if you, if you, if you stay ready, you only got to get ready. I try to make sure that when I open my mouth and say something in front of that camera and put it out into the world, that I'm okay with whatever it is going viral or whatever it is going wherever it needs to go. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable pressing play in any room, anywhere that thing is, is, is found because you never know where it's going to land. And I just can't, I can't be the one. What am I going to do? I felt similar ways. Yeah. I just had to ask you because I think we always find ourselves in these moments we where do. we're like, oh gosh, they will steal, they will twist, turn, dilute, and, and all of the above. And there's always a, a, a inner conversation as to just not just how black am I going to be because of my level of, of internalized anti-blackness, but how mm-hmm. black am I going to be? Am I going to allow you to have access to me? The one thing I feel like I can keep. Well, it, think about it this way, in a, in a sense, if you will. You, you carry yourself in a way that if somebody did copy you or they they, they they try to you know do what you do it would be obvious that that's what they do yeah yeah, it, it, yeah. It, and so you you look silly trying to do me like everybody said oh man you doing, you're just trying to do so and so you're biting off this person that person like you, they know what you're doing when you're doing it and to me like we set the bar of excellence at a place where um it's one of those you can get with this or you can get with that you know type situations and there's something some things you can't do anything about like you can't do anything about them having the raw numbers they just simply make up so much of the population that they decide to buy something mediocre that's not an indictment of your product your product is excellent but you know what they didn't they wasn't here for the spices Every, everybody can't do spice but some people salt and pepper is spicy hmm. and and they're not they're not here for what you're doing and that's okay because Frankie Beverly and Mays are legends in our community. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's right. Our, that's our right. brothers are legends to us. So there's plenty of people who are royalty to us that ain't mm. never got a crossover. Mm. As far as, and and so I, I ain't gonna lie now when I when I see you know like Beyonce you know cover like one of you know Frankie Beverly Mays like song I was like oh man please don't let him <laughs> don't let him don't let him find out about. <laughs> Don't let them find out about me. He's like, oh man, they're going to go into the catalog. <laughs> they're going into the catalog now. It's a lot of grandchildren. Let them get fed. I, I get the feeling, but the, but the thing is, I think that at some point in time, we pretty much have to like gatekeeping is not meant to keep us out. Like when it gets to the point where we're cutting off our nose to spite their face, yeah. I think that we're taking the wrong turn. Yeah. There we go. And so yeah. don't come into a black educator's post and be like, nah, brother, you're giving away the secrets. Don't say nothing. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Because they already made Uncle Remus. They already put out, Disney already had, Tom and Jerry already had, Thomas, you better get run. You know, they already got the, the stereotypical black mate. Yeah. They already have the stereotypical black slave speak. It, that cat, that horse left the barn a long time ago. So we we not stopping them from hearing us speak when they're part of the reason we we speak this way. Mm. So think about that, like Creoles, especially particularly Creoles such as as Jamaican patois, you know, Bahamian Creole English, you know, Bayesian Creole Gullah. These are languages that came about by way of that were born of colonialism, that were born of struggle, and were merged with languages of the oppressor and holding on to the identity of our ancestors. And so 
they're not secrets. They're languages that came about because we had to be able to communicate with mm. the oppressor. But we also stratified the languages to keep a little something for ourselves. Mm. And so I'll teach up to a limit. And the rest of it is reserved for what's in the room. If, if we're having this exact same conversation in the same room offline, it might be a little bit more colorful. Okay. This is, you know. Okay. Like, I'll take we that. love to I hear like it. That. Yeah. We want to make sure yeah. to normalize it. Yeah. But still honor. Because we still need the information. Things yes. sacred. Something has to be sacred. Amen. Yeah. Yes. And yes. what are you not? Are you just going to not be Amen. all of yourself? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. What are we, we going to stop being ourselves because we don't want anybody to copy us? Right. Well, there's a thing that's naturally. I don't I don't know very many people who are 100 percent the same in every single situation. So like naturally no. speaking, I might say some even even with my siblings, I might say something to one sibling that I wouldn't really say to another. Like we got different styles of conversation, yes. different personality types. Yes. And so sometimes um, somebody asked me the other day, he said, well, well, if this is where your accent normally sounded, how come you um, code switch? You know, why, why you, it, it, the way that it was phrased was mm-hmm. essentially like you kowtow to the white man by switching. But what they haven't taken into consideration is to me, my, my language is intimate. Like it's, it's a, it's a personal thing. It's an intimate thing. When I am in, I was, I remember I was being, I was in, um, in LA and it was a group of brothers that were all talking and somebody let one of the words slip. And I was like, where are you from? <laughs> I love those moments. <laughs> as, as, you you got to be from Charleston. Char- you, either you from Charleston, low country, you got to be from somewhere. He's in the Iron Life from West Ashley. West Ashley is right next to, um, in Charleston County. And I was like, yeah, like, bro, I'm from, I'm from Tucked Down. He's like, you Tucked Down? So we, we start talking. Then as soon as we start talking, this brother turned out to be Nigerian. This one here turned out to be, all of us were standing, were using our, I don't know, business accent. And, and we all just got into our dialect, got into our languages. Once it was, it was clear what was up. But I've even, even had that happen in situations where there are people that I know were from the same background. And it's just different comfort levels, whether you're angry, whether you're, you're in a good mood, like differently. We, we speak differently at different times. It's not selling out to use all of who you are, speak with all yeah. of who you are. If you want to reach with an audience, um, there's a, there's sometimes when you might sing like, like there's a, the national anthem, everybody got their own version of the national anthem. Maybe you just want to sing straight, straight through and, and not do, you know, first Sunday yeah, I mean, you, maybe you don't want to do the revival. Like, <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that ain't the version you're going for. You just want to sp- sing it straight down the line. And you should be able to do that. And so that's what I want to do is my goal isn't to get you to be blacker. My goal is to help you be as comfortable as possible being your authentic self, whatever you feel that is. whatever, However you want to express yourself, because you were you at the end of the day. I'm not as married to the to, to that concept of, of race as an identity as many people would think I am because white supremacy is created. And so to, here's the, the cruel irony is that in to some extent, even pride in the concept of blackness as an identity 
to some degree is affirming to the people who created race as an identity in the first place for purpose of putting us on the bottom rung of a fake socioeconomic caste system. And so to some extent, because you've stripped our identity, our original identity away from us and left us with this thing in return, we've had to get through all sorts of struggles and, and, and work our way, scratch our way from the bottom. And that was a, with us all along. That was a part of the thing that was with us all along. And so we are trauma bonding with an identity that was never meant to be our own. You, you see what I'm saying? And so now that, that separation is very, very, very difficult to do because then we have to ask ourselves, well, then what am I if not that? And, and that's what should that be taught in school. Right. I don't know that I'm everyone just gonna, has that. Wait a minute. I need to do some care on my edges. Thank you very much. Let me go and get some <laughs> you got, ointments. You got the wig pulled back. Oh, I have some. I need to have ointments and salves. I need to go and get my ointments and salves. It has been a pleasure to hear your, your thinking out mm-hmm. loud. It is mm-hmm. a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, you carry yourself in an extremely powerful way. And mm-hmm. we commend you absolutely for for sharing what you know, for caring about what you know and um, lifting others as you go. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here with us at J.Ill. And um, we'd love to talk to you again. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Absolutely love to return anytime. You're fascinating, sir. Thank you. Thank you. This has been J.Ill, the podcast. Such a pleasure, always such a pleasure to to have conversations that spark conversation. The gumbo is good, my friends. The gumbo is good. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Hey, listeners, it's Amber, the producer here. How amazing is Sun. I could literally listen to him all day. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have him on for many, many more conversations. In the meantime, check out all of his incredible content on social media, YouTube, and his website. I'll link all those elements down below. There is so much power in language. And if you take anything from this conversation, I hope that you remember not to let anyone invalidate your culture or the way that you and yours communicate with each other. Hi, if you have comments on something we said in this episode, call 866-HEY-JILL. If you want to add to this conversation, that's 866-439-5455. Don't forget to tell us your name and the episode you're referring to. You might just hear your message on a future episode. Thank you for listening to Jill Scott Presents J.Ill, the podcast. J.Ill is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian-trained, high-ranking officer in the Secret Service. An Assassin Comes to Town, a six-part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts.